There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Plus, check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 37, live from the Bumbershoot Festival. Well, not live, but it was live when we recorded it, and maybe you live near a wormhole, so maybe this technically hasn't happened yet. In any case, a couple quick announcements up top. I will be performing stand-up comedy jokes in Florida this week um, from September 23rd through the 25th. That's Thursday through Saturday at the Improv in Fort Lauderdale. Then the following weekend, I'll be at the Arlington Draft Cinema in Arlington, Virginia. Uh, So if you're in the D.C. area or in Virginia, please come out to those shows uh, as well. Uh, details on all that are, of course, at Nerdist.com. Also, uh, if you want to join the little nerd social network experiment that we've launched off Nerdist called The Node, send an email to node at Nerdist.com. No dicks, please. If you are a pulsating mass of vitriolic aggression, do not send an email to node at Nerdist.com. But if you like nerds and you like nerding out with cool people, try it out. Let us know what you think. All right. So uh, this episode was recorded, as I said, at Bumbershoot, which is a huge arts and music festival in Seattle. It's been going on for about 40 years, and there are comedy stages there. And as a comedian, the shows are spoiling because, you know, tons of people show up, and they're appreciative, and they're super nice crowds. And uh, and they asked us to do the Nerdist podcast up there. We had an amazing time. So we thought we'd make this episode a little more music-themed. So, of course, we had uh, Garfunkel and Oates on the show, two ladies I'm friends with. I may have turned up in a recent video that they did about hand jobs because why wouldn't I? Also, uh, an Irish comic that I had not been familiar with before, but he is incredible. His name's David O'Doherty. I encourage you to look him up uh, on the YouTubes. Um, he's a guy who's toured with the Mighty Boosh, uh, played with the Concords. Like he, he tours with all the right people, and he is a phenomenal, phenomenal musical comedian in his own right. So uh, please make sure and check him out as well after you listen to the Nerdist Podcast number 37, live from Bumbershoot. Again, not live, but we went over the whole form, whole thing, so yeah, we should be good to go. Now entering Nerdist.com. Did you recognize my voice? I introed my own podcast. Is that fucking ridiculous? I tried to disguise it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show. Ted Knight. Ted Knight? 
Uh, thank you, Bumbershoot. Thank you for coming out to our little nerdy podcast show. It's very nice to see all of you. Who, uh, do you guys listen to the podcast? They do. They do. Actually, Not so sure about no. them. They, they, thank, thank you to the staff for clearly dividing people. Do you <laughs> Sort of like, are you with the bride or the groom? Are you yeah. with the listeners or the non-listeners? Yes. Like, nah, it just got colder than I thought today. Yeah. So I just All the listeners get a car! Yeah! yeah. You get a car! You get a car! You can go fuck yourselves. Whoa! <laughs> right out of the gate. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta get everyone ready for how much we're gonna swear. I gotta time this because we don't, you know, like, we have to stick to a, to a, to a schedule here. The show is only an hour, so we gotta make sure. I, it right? is bullshit, you're right. Yes. yes it is. You're getting a three-hour show, and you're getting a three-hour show. And everyone else is going to walk out. <laughs> um, I enjoy Seattle. I love coming to I Seattle. Seattle. I, I did stand-up here in April, and, um, and it's been super fun. Seattle, I've noticed, is, is, a, is a, just a much different speed. Um, I've noticed they've brought back the poncho. Yeah, the poncho's <laughs> back. Good job, Seattle. The poncho, or, or maybe the poncho never left. Ah. Uh, maybe the poncho has been a world point this whole time. But I've noticed, like, uh, I mean, there's the only thing I want to say about Seattle. I don't want to sound complaining. I just think maybe hipsters shouldn't work in the service industries. <laughs> there is a. There's a great Whole Foods here. I went to the Whole Foods at breakfast the other oh, morning. I wanted a, Whole Foods. a breakfast burrito and a wheat burrito with organic Wait, who, who's food. the hipster? What? Who's the hipster? <laughs> okay. All right, fuck yourself in the face. All right, fuck yourself in the face. I wanted a latte with almond milk. They say it's hard to steam, but I know a place you can get it. God damn it. How dare you hold the mirror up to me for me to see my true self. That's how the girl killed uh, Freddy in the fourth uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. She held the, the dream mirror warrior? Up. Yeah, was Dream Warrior. Was the Dream Warrior? Dream was Master. The, the Dream Master. Dream Warriors was number three. Welcome he, to the Nerdist Podcast. He had never... <laughs> that's where they got all the powers. She, she got all... She, the girl got all the powers. Uh, yeah. And then uh, number five is Dream Child. Number right. Three, Dream Warriors when they're in the hospital. Yep. Uh, number two is... Uh, Freddy's Dead. Wait, no. So number two is... Yeah, number two is Freddy's, Freddy's, Freddy's Dead. Number two is Freddy's Dead. Freddy's 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 uh, yeah, then uh, number six is Freddy's Dead. Number six is Freddy's Dead. And, and, and then they did the awesome meta New Nightmare. New Night- where, where New Nightmare is pretty good. It was awesome. Like, the whole movie brought him to... God damn it, we don't have time for this. Fuck. Um, <laughs> sorry. So, no. I'm in the Whole Foods, and... Uh, <laughs> let me tell you about my burrito nightmare. Things. They should have sent Freddy to this Whole Foods. He would have been fucking bored and slit his own throat. He would have got a little something like this. I would like to order a burrito. Oh, my God, I'm dying from boredom. <laughs> Hipsters. Um, Freddie doesn't get. Actually, Freddie would get irony. Freddie would wear like a growing pains T-shirt, like a fucking hipster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So Whole Foods, Whole Foods. I ordered it. Twenty-five minutes. Then they're in no hurry at all. And I don't want to be the L.A. asshole who's like, uh, can I get my burrito? But uh, but after twenty-five minutes, I was like, is this coming anytime soon? And uh, and and then the guy was like, because um, I said I I didn't I just. I tried to politely say, like, oh, I didn't know it was going to... I got to go. I have to be at a rehearsal. I didn't know it was going to take, you know, 25 minutes to get the breakfast burrito. And he was just looked at me, and he was like, so you don't want it anymore? And I'm like, 
Apology accepted. Thank uh, you. I don't know, but in LA, you got to deal with like you know people wanting to be actors, and they're in the service industry down in Los Angeles, right? And they just bug me on. Yeah, every but they level. know how to fucking pretend at least. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they liars. Can, they can turn on their super personalities yeah. to wait on you and try to show you how funny they are. I don't like it. I don't like LA more than any other city I've seen. It's like they have the waiter that sits down at the table with you to take your order. Like, uh, hey, gang, I'm one of you. What you got? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, like, Ed DeBevix used to do that, too. Like, they, I don't like sassy waitresses. I have no time for fucking, uh, can I have this? Sassy. Can I, can have I have you these ever, pancakes? No! Have you ever right, been to a, uh, a macaroni grill? They would sit down and they'd write their name in crayon. Oh, I'm okay. David. I'll be helping you. Yeah. Like, oh. David. That's, that's when I just, like, tear it off the table and crumple it while staring at them in the face. <laughs> I don't think so, David. Or at Kenny Rogers Roasters, they would take a fajita and go, we know how to hold them and how to fold them, too. Oh. Oh. Um, oh. I feel like I just did a magic trick. Oh, I see. What's funny, what's funny is the groans came from the listeners. Yeah, yeah the non-listeners are like, yeah, maybe it's not that cold outside. This is like, this is like, an, Ar- this is like an Arsenio Hall show. Now the listeners are all like, yeah, I get you. But the non-listeners are like, what the fuck? Could you guys be our dog pound? Please. <laughs> There you go. Here it is. Yeah. No, that's not adorable enough. I want a puppy pound. Uh, I want a kitten pound. Uh, it's always fun to come out and complain. Can we call it the pussy pound? Pussy pound, yeah, yeah, pussy pound. It's always fun to come out and complain about Whole Foods. First world problems. Uh, speaking of world problems, the homeless. I like the homeless people up here more. Well, oh. The homeless people up here more seem like they really got it together. They seem like they're working they're, at Whole Foods. They're better dressed up here. I saw one guy with a banjo. What? Yeah, and like a whole group of them just hanging. Oh man, that's awesome. Whereas that's in, just, no, that's just like the shitty punks up here—the ones that hang out on Broadway and they have like a sign that says "Get a punk drunk fun," and you go, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> no, you think you think that they're uh, you think they're homeless, and then you realize they're just running that weird bicycle pen back there with all the. <laughs> we put two bikes together. Ride it, fatty. Whoa! I was like, what? Why? I was just walking by, sir. You know, you ride one of those bikes, you instantly become a vegan. It's crazy. What? Yeah, it's, it's great. I'm on it. <laughs> you're just like, you get on the thing, all of a sudden you're like, meat is murder. <laughs> um, you know what? We, I like Bell and Sebastian now. <laughs> I want to. Do I have to be vegan to like Bell and Sebastian? I yeah. love Bell and Sebastian. A little bit. Catastrophe waitress. I want to. I want. Oh my god. I think I got heckled last night by one of the Dandy Warhols. A Dandy Warhol? I think I got heckled by a Dandy Warhol. The Dandy Warhol. And if it's not, if it was that, that was not the case, I apologize publicly to the Dandy Warhols. But someone said the Dandy Warhol. I did open. I, op- I did one of the opening sets on Patton's show, and uh, last night, and there was just I. There, some sometimes you can tell some dudes just have band swagger. You can just tell he was just kind of leaning back like this, just sort of like cock first, just so I could see. <laughs> and after one of my jokes, he just went. Ouch! <laughs> and he kept saying it. Ouch! And I didn't have enough time because I was only doing a five-minute set, but I, but I just wanted to say, like, I, you know what? I know you're in a band. I can tell you have the I should be on stage right now because I'm better than you swagger about you. And uh, so that was, that was kind of you a You should weird... have said, uh, I never thought you'd be a heckler because being an asshole is so passe. Uh. <laughs> That's all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna form I'm gonna form my retro pop art band Sasquiat, where I dress up as Sasquatches and then just put pop art behind me. Oh, nice! Uh, that is terrifying. I, I'm gonna dress up as multiple Sasquatches. Great. Can I be your uh, Sasquatches? 
Uh, all right, so I apologize to Danny Warhols if that was actually not the case. I want to bring out um, a guy that we are trying to continue his record of appearing on every show at Bumbershoot. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Mr. Doug, Doug Benson! Mr. Doug Benson. Hey, everybody. How are you? I'm good. This is weird. This is like uh, we're waiting for three of our friends to show up at the restaurant. <laughs> we're, we're waiting for the girls. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, come on, ladies. Yeah, we don't want to, None of us want to sit next to them. You guys. <laughs> when they get here, it's men versus Doug, women. Doug, cooties is an epidemic. You don't want to get close to them. <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm hosting uh, some kind of weird studs type show <laughs> where I've got the... Uh... Yeah, bring out the girls. <laughs> I was Match on that show. Up. Did, Did I ever mention that? I was on studs when I was in college. Isn't that what led to... No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she does not believe you. <laughs> well, I am not you, listening to this podcast anymore. You should believe anymore. it. He was on a lot of horrible TV shows. Yeah, it's true. No, you Let's talk it. about shipmates. Yeah, I know. Oh, my, my resume shipmates? is a graveyard of failure. Um, <laughs> shipmates. I will say the one thing about shipmates that I love doing is I kept turning the show down, and they kept coming back with more money, and I'm like, I don't want to do Blind Date. And so finally I said, I'll tell you what, I will do the show if you let me say whatever I want. And they said, sure. And to their word, they did. Because no other dating show at the time would have let me sign off by saying, be sure to root for Gryffindor in the upcoming Quidditch trials, which I did. <laughs> like, you, you know, you're watching a show about, like, like douchebag bouncers uh, trying to date rape girls on a ship and throwing drinks in their faces and then to hear a Quidditch reference like I, that was fun for me that show was a lot of fun I like the producer's thoughts what would make Blind Day better put it on the boats put it on a boat trap these people on a boat <laughs> the, only thing never, the only thing they didn't let me say was one time I wanted to I wanted to uh, compare one of the uh, people on the show to Mussolini and uh, <laughs> and they were like can't say Mussolini I was like well because of the you know sort of the war reference they were like no, nah, no one's gonna know who that is. I'm like, <laughs> you're gonna use double Hitler. Well, they fucking, use double Hitler. Double Hitler. <laughs> well, they fucking should. No, double Hitler has a little mustache on his forehead too. <laughs> yeah. It's a unibrow. He's shaved. He uses unibrow, unibrow yeah. just to a little. Anyway, Doug, how many shows have you been on at Bumbershoot? All of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> even when I'm not on the bill, I just wander by in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Like you, you, there's not enough there's not enough extras in the uh, shows here like you know s atmosphere so right just your atmosphere just going about their business like I'll just pretend that I'm waiting for a burrito at Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> Are you one of those? I love seeing behind people. I love seeing extras in movies that feel like they have to act their way through their extra ing. <laughs> they're like if someone's in the back reading a thing, they're always they read it like no one ever reads a thing. Yeah, yeah. You see you see that a lot in Jaws. Yeah. Because they're With all the locals shark? and the shark's always mugging to the camera. Yeah, no, but it's like they have oh, like this person is delightful. <laughs> I want more. God, Jaws, come on, what the fuck? When bro? they say when they say they have to close the beaches and they're in that town hall meeting, everyone's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> well, it's you know it is a beach community and that's True. how they make their money. During Twenty-four the hours is like three weeks. That's what that one woman yells. <laughs> Twenty-four hours is like three weeks. <laughs> Anybody watches Jaws well, and they hear Lord. that, they're gonna go thank you. Um, Doug, I have to say, I've known you for a very long time, and you are the single most productive stoner in the history of stoners. You somehow, you somehow manage to get stuff done. Every once in a while, you'll ask a question about a conversation we've already had a couple times, but that doesn't matter. Beyond that, you are the who most productive. Do that even people who don't smoke lose their keys. Nah, just sometimes. you. It's just you. It's just you. Um, but you are the most productive stoner I know. 
Well, yeah, I, I prefer to say productive pothead because alliteration is fun, but yep. it is. But productive stoner works. Yeah, I, well, that's how I do it is I'm, I'm high all the time, but I have... I like productive stoner because I'm a fan of assonance. That's the vowel one. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, yeah. All right, grammar. Grammar crowd. No what one? an assonance hole. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that joke killed at GrammarCon. That. What is it, Doug? I don't know why there's a business card on the stage, and I, I fell for it and picked it up, and now apparently I'm going to die within 24 hours, it says. <laughs> Seven days. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm not going to say it out loud because it, it, it would promote this thing, yeah. whatever it is. Is there a well, note? Yeah, well, it's a good thing we're no just note. taking up time talking about it. Anyway. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. <laughs> there's a couple more over there if you want to. Let's get them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm very productive. Is that what we were talking about? Yeah, you are incredibly productive. You have, you have a, a Doug Loves Movies. You have The Benson Interruption, which is now going to be a television program. Yeah, I have a new CD, DVD called Doug Benson, Hypocritical... <laughs> which camera? Which camera do I show this to? There we go. It's over there. We're on camera, too. Yeah. That's in stores if you know how to search through stores until you find out that it's not in that store. <laughs> so the best way to go is with a digital download or uh, order it over the People internet. really want you to throw that out there. No, no I, I, do, listen. I do like a contest. when I'm walk I write on Twitter, if you approach me on the grounds of Bumbershoot, if you're the first person to walk up to me and say whatever that day's phrase is, then uh, that, that person wins. So I have to give it to whoever does that first. That's the phrase. Oh, <laughs> very clever. Very clever. <laughs> no, you guys. Because if they come up and say, "Are you holding?" Then I go, "Yes," and I give them this, and I go, "Now, what are you?" And then, you know, it Doug, might be it might be a nice trade. Doug, uh, Doug can't throw that out. He still has thirty more shows to do at Bumbershoot yeah. to hold up that CD. Did uh, you have you seen any music shows at all since you've been here? Yeah, yeah, I have actually. I saw uh, the aforementioned Hole. Uh huh. And uh, woo, yeah, uh, she she held it together in, in an amazing fashion. <laughs> she did. That's like I heard the uh, the review for the whole show was good for her. <laughs> she really. I love that yeah. Nana's still out there trying to make yeah. it happen. That's great. Get up in front of the people that pro quite likely hate you more than anywhere else in the world. <laughs> Every right. Every time I see her, her it looks like her breast implants are more and more trying to escape her body. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was very far away, but she looked she looked good, you know, like she really uh, Well, you were stoned and hundreds of yards away. Yeah. yeah. I was, so I was like actually a... at a different venue. <laughs> I, and I, then I realized been, I was I, watching I, Dylan. Yeah, I might have been watching Bob Dylan and saying Courtney Love's really kept it together. She is great. <laughs> Bob Dylan looked like the fifth doctor or something like he had on the, like a like a, a jacket vest combo and then a white ha a white hat uh, at the same time but he was really it was really fun to watch yeah and, and interesting uh, I, I was wondering why if the young people there younger people there could understand a word he was like if they knew any of the lyrics nope. yeah because I was uh, you know I thought at the beginning where, where it was just all gravel it was like I'm Batman like I thought that's what I was gonna hear <laughs> Lucius <laughs> Lucius turn this machine off when I leave I know Lucius. who you are Bruce this no I can't Lucius, I gotta talk this like this just like a woman Lucius this feels just like a woman Lucius, Lucius. but then his voice warmed Lucius. up and then he sounded fine 
Lucius is Morgan Freeman's character, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Lucius Fox. But he, he, Lucius uses, Fox. he uses the Batman voice even though he knows that he's Bruce Wayne. Like, he just still uses See, the Batman uh, voice. Matt took a, he I'm just sorry. took a leap. It's like, wouldn't it be funny if Bob Dylan was Batman? Then, like, he just went into Batman references. He didn't, he didn't bother making a connection. He just I like, feel like the listeners got it. <laughs> that one did. <laughs> Jonah Ray is the amazing deconstructo. <laughs> He'll break down any social situation. <laughs> See what you're doing there. See? <laughs> um, I want to bring out... Uh, will, you, will you stay with us and, and sort I'd of love to. fuck around? I'd love um, to sit here and hold a microphone and literally. watch other people. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, in the Dandy Warhols? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! 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 But he's obviously a, bi- a big fan of, of you. Like, you had such a... Like you, you didn't seem to like the guy, and he ma- he made the effort to come sit in the front row. It was show. he came for Patton's show. He didn't come to see me. He didn't come to see me. Maybe he, oh, like, maybe he meant saying. like uh, you know I could see him like like other white guys like myself with strategically shoveled hair and a girlish sense of fashion. Like we <laughs> we, we like we're enemies in the wild. What if he's like, like such a poser that he came to Patton's show because he really loves Kings of Queens? Like he just came. <laughs> I love that guy on King of Queens. I gotta go see it. Spence. Ouch. 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 This morning Chris said to me, he goes like. I think the guy from Dandy Warhols was in the front row of my show, and I go, "Did he look? Did he look and dress like you?" And Chris goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's probably that was him." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the name Dandy is in the title. <laughs> um, all right, I want to bring out our first guest. Uh, uh, this is a guy who is, uh, I, I don't know if, if a lot of you, I mean, certainly you've been familiar with his work uh, since Bumbershoot. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal performer, and he has played with uh, Flight of the Concords. He's toured with the Mighty Boosh. Uh, he is a lovely Irish gentleman uh, by the name of Mr. David O'Doherty is here. Sit yeah. right here, D.O.D. Hello. How are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing quite well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm slightly jet-lagged. I did the Edinburgh Festival, and then the day after came to Los Angeles, and then came here from there. So I, uh, I haven't had a sleep since July. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm, I'm good, yeah. I've been stuck at home. I've been trying to, I'm finishing this book for a deadline at the moment, so that's what I've been doing. The, um, write, I, write a, I write a series of books with a friend of mine that are made-up facts about animals, so we're writing made-up made up facts about sharks at the moment. So it's a very strange thing to be stuck in a hotel room going, oh, what? Pandas are magnetic. Is that it? <laughs> that, that, yeah, because you gave me the book 100 Facts About Pandas. Yeah. We, uh, well, we're doing sharks at the moment, which is... So today's fact is... I try to write one every day. And today's fact is nine out of ten shark attacks take place in water. <laughs> of, of the 10% that occur outside of water, the most common scenarios are on the decks of fishing boats, stuffed sharks falling from their mountings and crushing people in museums, <laughs> and people falling out of bed during shark-based nightmares. <laughs> Or in the movie Deep Blue Sea, because as a side effect, the sharks got smarter. <laughs> um, what is the Edinburgh... Fe- You've done Edinburgh for, a, a, like, many years in a row, correct? Yeah. The Edinburgh Fringe is... This is a wonderful festival, but the, the, Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Fringe is such an organic festival. Like, the Edinburgh Festival itself ran for the last hundred years. And then in 1948... After the Second World War, all of the sort of theatre groups of Europe got back together, and they all just turned up in Edinburgh 
uh, to do shows, and the people sort of hoity-toity, uh, people who ran the actual festival went, no, 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 this is an opera and a proper acting festival. So all of these people just spontaneously created this thing called the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. Which crushed the original Edinburgh Festival. Yeah, right? which is now, it's about 20 times bigger than it now, but it's, it's the amount of people that have come through that in terms of comedy. I mean, the Bush started there. Like Garth Marenghi, Dark Place started there. League of Gentlemen started there. Alan Partridge started there. You know, so it's a, uh, it's yeah, it's such an exciting. It's like the Tour de France of the year, and that you, you just go and you see people have been touring the world, or whatever, for the rest of the year, and then they come back with their their golden hour. So you get to see like Daniel Kitson is probably he's the greatest comedian working today, and he, he's never done anything in TV. He's never done anything. There's one three or four minute clip on YouTube, and and he does a new show there every year. You know, it's amazing because every year I kind of go, maybe I should try to go do Edinburgh. And then when I realize, like, well, most of my references are too America-based anyway, I, I know that the, um, the, the, the process, I mean, you do, you do like 28 shows 28 days in a row, and you have to get people to come out to those shows. So what has that process been like since when you started, you know, like up to now? Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, the best line about Edinburgh is it's not a sprint it's a marathon but it's a marathon you have to do at sprinting pace <laughs> like it is it's so you start off I went there the first time in 1999 and did like newcomer competitions and then did my first solo show in 2000 my first hour in the first three years nobody came in, in 2000 one night there were five people at the show all of whom had won tickets on a radio giveaway <laughs> All of whom walked out together, 20 minutes in. The last guy said, you're shite, mate, and, and shut the door. <laughs> and just as a rookie comedian, I'm just standing on stage with the microphone. And the only other person is the tech operator who's in the corner of this hot 40-seater room. And I'm just staring at him going, um, what is the showbiz etiquette in this situation? Do, <laughs> do I just continue with this show? And he, he very quietly put up the music, which was like the Smiths or something. I was like, oh... <laughs> Oh, God. I don't think that guy understood what the word mate meant because that's a friendly uh, salutation as he was leaving your show. You could do what, uh, you know, the comedian Red Fox? No, yes. Red Fox. Is <laughs> Red Fox is a very famous uh, a comedian who was on Sanford and Son. Did you get Sanford and Son in Ireland? Mm, yes. Okay. <laughs> They probably bought the rights to it, and it was, you know, McDonough and Son. We, hey, I'll just say this. We had, um, what was that, that shitty show you guys were talking about? Uh, ship, ship, shipmates. Shipmates, shipmates. Yeah. Uh, in the Irish version of that, right, because they buy uh, terrible television ideas Good. and do them for cheap. <laughs> right. And in the Irish version of that, this is genuinely true. You can look this up. Uh, the ship sank. <laughs> it, it, it floundered on rocks. I mean, is there a better metaphor for it as a concept? And people, no one drowned, but they all sued the network for millions. So but how did the date go? The <laughs> did they find love? Worse than the ship rocking itself to, to, to death. Um, the hey, uh, Chris, uh, Sanford was based on a British show. Oh, right. Steptoe. Steptoe and Son. Oh, and then the fucking Irish bought it from America, second gen style, and called it McDonner and Son. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in before. I have to go do another show on the other side of this theater. Do you? So I'll, I'll see you guys in a bit. <laughs> Doug's going to go to shoot for the, for the, for the one-third. I'm actually there. a guest on that show, so i got to take off in a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, when, uh, when Red Fox used to perform in Vegas all the time, and he came out to do one of his late shows, and they played him on with the Sanford and Son theme there. And he comes out, and he sees six people in the audience, and he stops, and he goes, What? Six people? 
I ain't performing for six motherfucking people. He just walks off stage. And, and the band, the band not knowing what to do, just goes back into... They play them off like professionals. They played them off, yeah. Yeah, the, the, uh, just on this Edinburgh thing, I, I mean, I think uh, it's, it's the best festival to go and look at, but in terms of performing, like in 2002, Flight of the Concords played there, and they came with no posters or flyers or means of letting people know their show was on. And so for 28 nights, played to between 6 and 12 people. Uh, all of whom were comedians who hadn't paid in and were going back to see the show for the sixth time because it was the best thing ever. And, and then they also, uh, they nearly got thrown out of the festival. I played piano with them in that show. Uh, they got, nearly got thrown out because, Brett, uh, you, get, you can print off 20 complimentary tickets so you walk around the city during the day and like, give them to hip people who, who seem like they might dig the show. And they printed off their tickets and were so broke, they decided to try and sell their complimentary tickets. <laughs> and the trick was that they employed was to stand outside the official fringe box office. And as people went along looking for tickets to Steve Coogan or Bill Bailey or whatever, uh, Brett and Jermaine would approach them with this envelope and go, hey, uh, you looking for tickets? Uh, and the person would be like, yeah, looking for Bill Bailey tickets. I'll just see what I've got. And they'd go through the envelope of Flight of the Concords, complimentary tickets, and go, I've got one here for Flight of the Concords. Uh, I can do it for maybe five pounds. Interest in five pounds. And they managed to approach the head of the Edinburgh Fringe. <laughs> and so we're going to be thrown out of the festival, but uh, I think uh, he or she went to see their show and then quite enjoyed it. So that's... Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, because I know a few years later... They had gotten to the point where um, they had uh, a Flight of the Concords tribute band was playing there called Like of the Concords. Yeah, that's true. And they, uh, yeah, they got a bigger crowd as well than Flight <laughs> of the Concords did. The, we, uh, we did a, a tour. Uh, God, we did a, a, an Irish tour. We did like three gigs in, um, in 2004. Uh, we did Reading Town Hall to eight people. And then we did Port Leash in Ireland to 16 people. And then Flight of the Concords came back. Uh, this year and did two shows in Dublin and the two shows sold out like 2,000 seater for two nights and they sold out in 16 seconds which was the same number of seconds as people there had been to see them four years (laughs) previously that's funny Uh, Mike Furman and I played the Vancouver Comedy Festival with them one year and we they they put us in this bar because we were music acts and so they put us in this bar but then they just let regular people in who didn't buy tickets to the Vancouver Festival. So everyone there had no idea who any of us were and because they, they thought it was a music show. They just talked loudly over the music the whole time. <laughs> and, you know, Mike, I'm loud, so I can kind of compete with them. But then, you know, just Brett and Jermaine on stage, like, well, I, I guess we're supposed to just keep playing then, right? <laughs> then, you know, like competing with this loud, obnoxious Vancouver crowd. I, uh, your, your New Zealand impersonation was pretty good. You've been moving towards an Irish impersonation in talking to me for the last few days. And because I can't not say your name what, like David O'Doherty. What inevitably happens, people in this country love to approach me and do their hilarious Irish impersonation. It's always, it's always offensive, borderline racist. You know? well. It's always like, oh, you're from Ireland. Diddly dee, there's a bomb in me potato, to be sure. Arr. David. Diddly dee. <laughs> Sounds like someone could use a shamrock shake. <laughs> You'll never get me Lucky Charms. Yeah. I'm from Ireland. 
I apologize for that. I po- it's just, it's just, you're, you're, we all you're had a go at the it. Irish accent sounds so poetic to me that I, I wish I had a better accent than the one that I actually have. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not sure everyone would say it's so poetic, particularly when Irish people used to ring up with so many bomb warnings to British authorities and uh, <laughs> leave the building in 12 minutes. Lerdy, lerdy, ler. Beautiful language. I do apologize for that, though. I, I hope you never thought that that was derisive in any way. You're, you, David, you are such a lovely man, and it's been so wonderful to get to meet and hang out with you. I would love, uh, would you mind, uh, I mean, I, I know you already set up the keyboard, so I know you don't mind playing songs. Hey, David, there just happens to be some musical equipment. We just happen there. to have your keyboard already hooked up. Ah, Yamaha Portisan PSS 260 from 1986. Wow. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, please, David, David O'Darty. I just did it again. I just did it again. Um, yeah, well, I guess as a, this is my sort of introduction to your nation, and uh, I, not that I'm very famous uh, at home. I, I don't want to be very famous, and that is going pretty well. Uh, <laughs> this is, my name is David O'Doherty, and this should answer any other questions that you might have. F-A-Q for the D-O-D-F-A-Q for the D-O-D-F-A-Q for the D-O-D Frequently asked questions for David O'Doherty F-A-Q for the D-O-D Where are you from? I'm from Dublin City What are your hobbies? Cycling and Frisbee What have you got in store for us tonight? I'm gonna rock your world in quite a gentle way Like a delicious cake as opposed to a bag of drugs do you have a sidekick? No, I'm the only one in it. Do you stand up at all? Yes, in a minute. How do you describe your style of comedy? I call it very low energy, musical whimsy, or vlamwee. <laughs> Apart from vlamwee, do you have any other skills? Yes. I can touch type 40 words a minute of a full driving license with two points on it. of a decent knowledge of geography and a basic award in water safety. So my gigs very rarely end with drownings. Where do you write your material in bed at home? What's the capital of Botswana? Gaborone. Geography. What do you think is the secret of a great comedian? You have to like sitting on trains and have quite low self-esteem. Oh, you're laughing. Please be my friends. Do you believe in God? No, none. Who's your favorite Beatle? George Harrison. How do you know if you're with the right one or if you're an option with this person until the right one comes along? That's quite a complicated question. And one, I have to admit, I'm not actually asked all that frequently, but I'm pretty sure it has something to do with not wanting to make out with other people. F-A-Q for the D-O-D. Yes, please, please. This one is, uh, this one is, uh, this is a brand new song, actually. Uh, this is a, a duet. <laughs> Unfortunately, Shakira hasn't turned up, uh, so I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be singing both of our parts. It's a rainy night, I lie in bed, tucked up and warm, out of the storm. What's that? A knock at the door. Who could it be? I run down to see. And there, soaked to the skin, stands a tiny woman. My David, David, prince of everything. Let me touch your sexy 
that I'd like to do So come on, let's not waste all day I am Shakira, let's get busy And I'll be honest I'm filled with questions, really The first one being, Shakira, are you sure that you've got the right address? Yes, I am, David, and soon you'll have my caress on your balls, lule lule. But Shakira, how do you even know who I am? I've watched your videos on YouTube, your album's in my van. You have a van, a brown transit van. But Shakira, do you just think this might, might be some weird obsessive crush on your part that's gone awry? David, look at my hips, they do not lie. Hips are 100% not lying. And I realise I'm going to have to seize the initiative because this is a ridiculous address. Shakira, grab a hold of your lusty South American horn for one second and, and think about this. You know, supposing there was a vibe between us. Jeez, what chance would we have? I'm away most of the year doing gigs and so are you. So in order to see each other, we'd have to tour together. And that would be shit. Because the people who like you would be baffled by me. And the people who like me would find you funny for about 30 seconds. They'd be like, yeah, seriously, that's enough, Shakira, David Q, come on now. But they are our dreams, Shakira. And while my dream involves playing, you know, in rooms of about this size and on podcasts like this, I'm sure yours involves like football stadiums and arenas. And comedy doesn't work in arenas. It's always shit. It's just greed on the part of comedians and promoters. But they, they are our dreams, Shakira. And if we don't have dreams, what do we have? And suddenly in a... A look of epiphany comes across her face because Shakira sings without, without dreams and then we just have sleep <laughs> and luckily the airport bus just pulls up at the gate I had phoned it up and it is there and, and I go Shakira I think it might be time to go and so she lifts up her I help her with the bag she's brought all of her stuff like not just overnight stuff she's got like saucepans and a George Foreman and everything and <laughs> help her on with them and as she climbs the steps she turns and she sings now I completely see the point that you're making even though my tiny heart is breaking I'll walk away and you forever miss please don't ever tell anyone about this and I say no of course not Shakira <laughs> oh yeah can you do, can you do one more this is definitely time for one more. Definitely. World! You can mess with me once, and you probably get away with it. Mess with me twice, and chances are I still probably won't remember, yeah? But mess with me numerous times across a concerted period in a similar way. Huh, I think you're going to get away with it. Well, you're wrong. Because I'm going to lampoon you through a comedy song, 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 song. I'm talking about my beefs 2010. Things I've encountered again and again. My beefs 2010. Excuse me while I unleash a... Celebrity news. Stop appearing at the end of real news. You diminish real news. And the death toll from the Pakistan flood could rise as high as 30,000. Christina Aguilera's cat has alopecia. Fuck off! 23-year-old men of America, stop buying pointless 
oldest accessories for your shit cars. It's not the Batmobile, it's a 2003 Daihatsu Charade. Blue lights underneath the chassis, oh that's practical, in that it stops junkies shooting up in your wheel arches. Stop telling me about your dreams. Seriously, just the fateful moment when it begins. I had a dream last night. No, save me from the next two minutes. I was on a horse and the horse was flying. I couldn't give a shit. It was unbelievable. Well, of course it's unbelievable. What do you want? Highly realistic dreams. I had a dream last night. It was like a Ken Loach film. Wow, that is amazing. DVD players and laptop computers. Play all regions of DVD. If you don't, you're racist. <laughs> Comedians, in this country in particular, stop describing yourselves as controversial on your own posters and in interviews. You can't find yourself controversial. You can't be like, whoa, I can't believe I just said that. I'm not even sure if I subscribe to these beliefs. Ah. How dare you be spelt that way yet pronounced that way? Especially as I've been saying hyperbole for 34 years now, including twice in a radio interview recently, after which I received six of the most pedantic emails you have ever seen. You're, um, I think, uh, David, I think you'll find that uh, hyperbole does not rhyme with Super Bowl. Fuck off! <laughs> Finally, people who constantly update what it is they're doing on the internet in the form of status updates. From where I'm sitting, it seems like there's two main schools of status updates. The first and most common is make your life sound as awesome as possible. And that'll be like this. Just had a picnic up a hill. What a perfect day. Fuck off! I know what you're like. You're bipolar. You cry for half an hour every morning. But even more pointless than that is the other one about to make an omelette. No! You, you are about to undertake the mighty omelette. This shit could go anyway. Somebody alert CERN, alert NASA. You might create a new element, clear a space on the periodic table for omeletium. Sort of that world. If you don't, then you risk being part of my beast 2011. Thank you. Mr. David O'Doherty! Fantastic, my friend. Fantastic. I heart you. I just realized that saying your name, David O'Doherty, is like every time I saw you, you were like, Hello, Chris Hardwick! Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> Yeehaw! Why does he have to do that every time? Um, that was phenomenal. Thank you so much for playing the song. Your father was actually a, 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 like a really famous jazz uh, musician, correct? Well, as much as you can be a famous Irish jazz musician. Uh... <laughs> Miles McDavis? Oh, my God! <laughs> Miles Here I we... love his work, The Birth of McCool. <laughs> Here we go again. My, uh... <laughs> yeah, you're totally just... Uh... My father, yeah. He, he, uh, he was the one... I mean, I play... You, you won't have been able to tell on the, uh, on the podcast, but that wasn't me backed by a full band. That was... That's a tiny keyboard, because he played the real piano, and, and I wanted to be a jazz musician, and then he... The moment when I, I was practicing quite hard, and I was about 17, and he literally said, 
you can't polish a turd uh, <laughs> while listening to it, which, which is sort of beautiful because it is a strange kind of American Idol world where you're just told, like, if you just have to want it more than other people. Just go for it. And that was my dad going, nah, that's bullshit. you just got to be good in the first place before you <laughs> bother your arse having to go. So thanks, Dad. Thank you. David O'Doherty, everyone, please stay with us. Will you stay? Stay. We can have a big round table. Um, uh, your next guestesses you may have seen from guestesses yeah there you go uh, have been uh, I didn't even ask them for a proper intro I've known them through the UCB they make wonderful wonderful films on the YouTubes which, which garner like way more hits than anything I've ever made and, and they're very impressive ladies and gentlemen please welcome to the stage Garfunkel and Oates <laughs> sit down your guitars yeah, some ladies. Ladies. We Hello. already ordered, so I hope you like cheesecake. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually had someone send me a text asking me to dinner, but he'd already ordered. Oh, what? That's real. Yeah. Um, it was he, this guy got my number from a friend of mine, and my friend, without asking, was like, here. You know, I'm like, thanks. You know? And this guy sent me a text. I don't know if I'm quoting it perfectly, but it was like, um, hey, got your number from Dory. Was wondering if you'd like to have dinner, but if you would, you should hurry because I just ordered. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm in Pasadena, which is like 45 minutes away. By the way, this is Stuart. Well, nice. That's yeah. called a flash date where it's like, you gotta have it right up. You wanna go out to dinner? This second! Yeah. I was like, wow, I was like, on my way. <laughs> he should have sent you like a photograph of the meal that had arrived as well. Like, you interested in this? It Come looks now. really good. You should hurry How up. How about now? How about now? And then just is like his wiener next to the steak, like, huh? Huh? I just want to give you a layout of what could be in store for you this evening. I'm, a, I'm an efficiency expert. I'm an efficiency expert. I wish expert. I had a wider lens. <laughs> it's like, what girl's going to be like, oh my God, yes, 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 where are you? I'm on my way. It yeah. obviously, wor- it must work at some point. Because well, um, <clears throat> she went on a date with him. I, yeah, this was a weirder thing. I had, well, not maybe weirder, but I also had gone on one date with this guy. Like maybe no, also, I didn't go on a date with Oh him. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Was this guy just trying to plow his way yeah. through every musical comedy duo? <laughs> I don't I, think- I've been out with him a couple of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just got a text from Furman. Furman is giving him a hand job. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he knew that we knew each other, which was really kind of funny. And, uh, and then so he had emailed me maybe 10 minutes before Ricky got a text from him. So uh, when Ricky texted me like saying about this text she got, I was like, oh, my God. So I just emailed him back. Hey, how's dinner in Pasadena? Nice. Oh, shit. Wait, so he emailed you. Was he just covering, like, all forms of communication? Was some, was some other girl, like, on a teletype? Right, I don't know. He was just like, hey, I really miss you. We should hang out again. Um, I just think you should tell everyone this guy's name so we can publicly shame him. <laughs> Stuart something. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know his name. I didn't know him. I, like, met him for eight seconds through my friend. My friend's like, here's your number. I'm like, okay, in the future. <laughs> that's weird. That's, that's yeah. not a friend. No, no. well. <laughs> that's not something my friend's like a stoner hippie guy. He's like, sure, man. Is it Doug Benson? Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out why Shakira sang that duet and then left. Like, why, why can't we talk to Shakira a little bit? I already know these girls. Don't bring that up. They had to break up. That's very sensitive. It's very insensitive. Do you know you. Doug is the person that introduced Kate and I? Are you serious? Yes. That's how they know each other is through me. How did, yep. what, how did that go? I'm bringing awesome music to the world. 
Did, did you say, like, you guys should get together? No, no. I mean, it wasn't that, it wasn't like I made them get, I didn't introduce them like, you guys are going to be best friends. They just met at a, at, they both came to see me perform somewhere. At UCB, they, we were in the yeah. lobby, both on really boring how did, dates. How did you guys get, how did, like, how did, what, what was the, what was the, what's the Garfunkel and Oates origin story? Well, we met at, in the lobby at Doug's show. And then, and I, I had seen Ricky around at, like, auditions and things, and so I was like, hey, I'm Kate, I think I know you, I've seen you Kate's, around. like, shockingly unshy. She's like, yeah. I'm Kate, you know, she just doesn't know. This <laughs> is <Yeah>. true. <laughs> Sometimes it gets me in trouble. Uh-huh. Um, oh, Kate, I'm a burglar. I'm stealing things from your house. Oh, the cookies are almost ready, Mr. Burglar. <laughs> Can I make you a sandwich? <laughs> um, but yeah, and then so we, we met, and then I, we were both kind of miserable on our dates, so we were like, hey, let's hang out, and, and our dates talked to each other, and we just ended up hanging out for a long time. And then I saw Kate play the ukulele at M-Bar, and I was like, we have to do something together. And so I wrote a short for us to be in, and we turned it into a musical. Yeah, we wrote like three songs in two hours, and we were like, this is really easy and fun. Let's... Keep Let's doing do this. And we wanted to sing our songs to somebody, so like we went to Ricky's friend's house and we made her sit on the couch and listen to us sing, which is always an awkward Are they good? thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was the she's beginning. Like, I guess I don't know. It wasn't. To, it wasn't really her sense of humor. So she was kind of like. She was mm-hmm. polite about it. Yes. <laughs> she's like, "Good job, Ricky." Well, you guys. Maybe like, she got you back by giving Stuart her your number. That's, that's, that's right. what it was. Why there, are you sing swearing at me in my living room? <laughs> sing swearing. Yeah. yeah well, one of the first songs was the song "Fuck You," so we did sing that to her. <laughs> I just took a wild guess. Yeah, yeah. That it might have had swear words in it. No, no, stop crying. It's a comedy song. It's a comedy song. <laughs> Um, but uh, like in a pretty short period of time, like people already know who you are, and like I, I saw earlier at the Bubbershoot Festival, like the first day I was here, someone had a, like a handmade Garfunkel and Oates T-shirt on that they had just made like with a permanent marker and a, and a white really? T-shirt. Yeah, someone else had a, had a T-shirt with Kate's face on it. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Garfunkel and Oates, just Kate's face. It's like <laughs> thanks. So as so Kate. So, Kate, the big question is, as uh-huh. the face of Garfunkel and Oates, yes. uh, <laughs> what direction is the band going in? Well, let me tell you. I haven't really talked about it with Ricky, but... Um, Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be Shut called Shut up, Blondie. Oates. Keep going, Kate. <laughs> Kate, you need to keep your girlfriend quiet. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. But, I mean, but you guys have that sort of, uh, you have that sort of vibe about you where people will get cultishly, I think, possessive of, of you and, like, what, what you guys you do. You know, there was just an article about us in LA Weekly, like, two weeks, you know, in, uh, well, in LA Weekly, they have, like, a list of things that are happening that week, and every other thing in the list was, like, Wait, you know. Wait, what? They do. They do. Yeah. They even recommend to go to certain things. Yeah. Jesus, I've shit? been doing nothing in LA for years. I, I know. know. Like, week after week. No, but ours, everything else was just what was happening. And ours, there was, like, this whole diatribe about how we were playing at the wrong venue and how, like, we were losing touch with our core fan base. We were playing, like, you know, eight blocks away, same size venue. We were, like... It was clearly written by somebody who used to go to our UCB shows all the time. And it started with, it used to be about the music man. And then it just kept... Yeah. (laughs) No, it was really... She was not fucking around. It went on to say that we were probably going to break up because of our drug problems and our family. No, yeah, 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 it was... Really weird, yeah. Um, yeah, because some people, I guess, if they're there from the beginning, they want you to never get any more successful, (laughs) because then they they can, you know, then it's sort of like, no, this is just a thing that a a few of us have, and then and then they almost feel a little betrayed if you're like, I. But we were playing at the improv. Oh, you're playing at the improv. Yes, no, that's the thing. We were that playing is, like, uh, yeah, and, and we were playing like a 15 minute set at the improv. We're like, well, we've done this like 
we started doing this a year ago. You guys used to she be cool. Yeah, this is our 11th month. What do yeah. you think? Like, we haven't gone through a whole... How long have you guys been together now? Two years. Two years, but really performing... Uh, two years. Yeah, yeah, it has been two years. You're right. Yeah. But you guys have done The Tonight Show, and you've done a, the television stuff. And yeah. Um. <laughs> That's weird. You've been on The Tonight Show and television. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, the Tonight Show. Probably came out weird. Other came television out weird. stuff. The Tonight Show is the only one that will have us on. I don't know why. The other ones are like, meh. We'd like to do other People are like, why shows? do you do The Tonight Show? It's like, he was mean to Conan and whatever. We're like, everyone else turned us down. We're like... <laughs> That's they right, now, now Jay's got that kind of like, come to Jay, everything's all right. Come like, all right. to Jay. Oh, I thought this was going to be our Garfunkel and John Oates. Very nice, yeah. Well, that's how we got our first gig at a comedy club. That's, no joke. Yeah, Tom Arnold thought we were Art Garfunkel and John He might Oates. still. He's a little yeah. fucked up. <laughs> yeah, he, he literally didn't know till he called us to the stage and was like, what? You know, we're like, here we are. Afterward, we were so excited. We never played at a comedy club. We're like, awesome. How did we get this job? And afterward, he was like, you know, I got to tell you, I didn't know you were two girls, but... You were pretty funny and come back anytime. So he was really sweet about it. Oh, he wasn't so too nice. bummed that we weren't the real guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually playing with John Oates in two weeks. But yeah. our Garfunkel apparently is not on board for this. Apparently not. We haven't heard from him. John Oates MySpaced us like two months into performing and was like, you guys are awesome. Uh, you can use my name if I get free beer at your shows. We're like, awesome. <laughs> yeah! Wow. And we're like, awesome. A month later, I guess it was about a month later, we played with him and we played Maneater and Ricky had two different dresses on and so she did like a strip tease from one dress to another. <laughs> while they were like really like modest, ugly dresses. So. Yeah, and then, and I was, uh, I played a trombone solo during Maneater. So uh, it was like, and so John's in the middle of both of us, Ricky's stripping, I'm playing the trombone and he just kept looking to either side. Like he's probably played Maneater a million times, but I don't think he ever played it quite like that. <laughs> hey, uh, hey uh, Terry Oates, this is your cousin. Jo- you know that new sound you're looking for? <laughs> I, uh, I've had this uh, run-in with the other David O'Doherty, who's uh, a mathematician who discovered one of the highest prime numbers ever. And it, it goes back a few years because we still get emails. I mean, it's not, David O'Doherty is not a very common name. And uh, he, so we get each other's emails sometimes. He's .net and I'm .com, and he's never forgiven me for getting the .com. <laughs> and uh, he wrote a blog about it on davidodardy.net recently in which he described the fact that I had .com as infinitely annoying. And <laughs> when a mathematician uses those words, you know it is pretty freaking serious. And, <laughs> I truly understand the concept of infinity. <laughs> I, I, the other Chris Hardwick is a Rubik's Cube champion, so if you Google is my name... Is he another one, or is he this one? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes people are like, I didn't know you are a Rubik's Cube champion. I'm like, look at the fucking guy. We look nothing alike. He's got like a red ponytail. But he'll solve a cube with like one hand or blindfolded. It's fucking amazing. Are there, are there any other... <laughs> You wish you Obviously, we know who the other Garfunkel and Oates are. Um, oh, but you mean people that have... There's another Kate Micucci that I know of. What does she do? Yeah, I don't know. She's on Facebook, and she looks really nice, but she's never written to me, and I didn't write to her. I thought, what Someone do you say? made a, f- like a fake Facebook page of me. Not like a fan page, like an actual page, and they keep friend requesting me. And I'm like, but I'm like no, it's cool. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a young Hawaiian Matt Myra that uh, is slightly Filipino-looking, and his friends will friend me all the time. <laughs> I think they think I'm him, but I'm not him. You are slightly Filipino-looking. Yeah. That's a 
There's a uh, there's a Jonah Ray in Los Gatos, California, and recently he got his girlfriend pregnant. I follow his blog. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Yeah, other Jonah Ray. Any other Doug Bensons? There's like seven thousand of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them, but I'm the only real one. Yep. <laughs> I'm um, the well, only one that's done something with his life. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, uh, I, I would love for you to be, to be able to close the show with, uh, with a few songs. Do you awesome. mind, do you mind yeah. hopping up yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Garfunkel and Oates! I'm really bad at adjusting microphones. Yeah, I should get better at this. We got this, guys. We got it. <laughs> you guys are doing great. Should we kill time while they're doing that? Shut up. Oh, no, I think it's helping. Oh, David's over there. Oh, God. Oh, that's so nice. One artist helping another artist. Three hosts sitting here in abject. <laughs> not, not trying to make an effort at all. So, guys. Thank you. David O'Doherty raising the mic. Right there. is how a one-night stand would go if Kate and I were really cool. I never do this ever. It's not what shy girls do. But something in your eyes drew me closer to you. Do you feel the spark between us? Sometimes you can just tell. I feel our two souls touching like I know you. Really well, really well, really well, really well. This might be strange to tell you, and I swear I'm not a whore. But there are two others exposed in my body, and I'd really like one more, one more. Like from the dodo, you're man. You're bedrock. You're like a parking ticket. So fine. John Claude Van Damme. You're sexy. Let's get horizontal and combine. Cause you're fine. You're so fine. Oh, baby, you're so fine. And you're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey. You can call me Coffee Bean. Cause I know just how to grind. Hey. Your thighs are Thanksgiving. Your stomach's Christmas. Gonna visit in between the holidays. Energizer finally keeps going and going. We circle up a match and I set you ablaze. Cause you're fine. You're so fine. Oh, baby, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey. Call me coffee bean because I know just how to grind. Hey! Hey! That's the only time I've gone longer than you. I know. <laughs> that was crazy. Right. Shoot, would you have the time? Gotta go this has been fun. Hey! Lots to do in the morning, gotta help my friend move, gotta do my taxes, gotta check my email. Plus it's Armor Day, or Labor Day. Hey, where the hell did I put my bra? Oh, hey. Wait, what? You think we're gay? However could that be? Cause we just had sex and it meant nothing at all to me, to me. We raced it to the finish, but I guess you missed the start. There's no way we're dating, cuz we never held hands. 
How can we be dating if you never took me out? Ooh, no, it's gross, you nothing, you just made me scream to shout. Ooh, there was something I measured, but you taught me new positions on the way. The Jackson Pollock, the corn beef patch, the moon landing. You may know my body, you don't know my soul. You want the donut, but all you're gonna get is the hole. Listen, babe, I call you, and probably real soon. But I lost my cell and I'll be out of town till June. I guess I didn't mention my band's going on tour. So I'll be super busy, otherwise we date. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for Well, Doug, this one's for you. Yeah, this is for Doug Benson. It's about pot. Um, <laughs> it's super original to dedicate something about pot to you. Um, we wrote this in Dan Savage's basement, actually. But, yeah, it's about uh, California and about how difficult it is to get a weed card there. You have to be really sick, you guys. Everyone knows marijuana is dangerous and medical pot is really strong. That's why it's so hard in California to get your weed card unless something's really wrong. Gonna pay a visit to my doctor. It's a long shot, but I gotta try. She hands me a list of all the ailments I can have to qualify. Can't believe what I am reading. This is just what I've been needing. A government supply to get legally high. Weed card, that's what I need. Hardly ever okay, always, but it's not an addiction, cause my doctor gave me a prescription. Propensity for drugs or alcohol, anorexia or obesity. Too bad, too bad. Either way you win. Carpal syndrome, colorblindness, it's stuttering, fatigue, depression, motion sickness, impotence, or TMJ. You can smoke too much cigarettes or asthma or your motherfucking Tourette's. It's a dream come true. There's nothing pot can't do. Weed card, that's what I need. Hardly ever okay, always. But it's not an addiction, cause my doctor gave me a prescription. Break it down now, got back pain, need Mary Jane, can't handle this, need cannabis, got a stomachache, got a wake and bake, have an injury, need THC, get fucked up for your hyperhidrosis, which is 20 pounds in case you need a diagnosis. It's not a crime, it's for 20 time. Weed card, that's what I need. Hardly ever okay, always. But it's not an addiction, cause my doctor gave me a prescription. There's your weed card. Doug Benson's holding his up right now. Doug, clearly a very, very sick man in desperate need. A very sick man with a CD. <laughs> See, she's still trying to get the... Uh, Dude, what, what's been your biggest challenge as a... Because as a, I'm in a musical comedy duo, so I'm always curious to ask other duos. Like, what's, is it, like are you guys... 
do you, is there ever struggles like, I want to go in this direction, I want to go in this direction? Are you having those moments? Well, I feel like I always want to add, like, let's put the word cunt in there or something. And Kate's like, let's put a rainbow. You know, like, <laughs> that's sort of our. Can I make a, can I, can I just match a cunt bow? Come on, oh, you guys. There you go. A multicolored. <laughs> I, I didn't even swear until Garfunkel announced. <laughs> and our first song was called Fuck You, so I've just been pushing her, like, it went, For some reason, it's a little bit easier to sing than actually say in real life, you know? To sing I guess a it swear. is. Because it makes it. everything more adorable. Fuck. Now, say, now just say it. Oh, I can't. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> so can you guys, will you, will, you please do, will you please do one more song? Yeah, we have one more song. Um, there's a, a Chris Hardwick reference in it. See if you can catch it. Um, this song is, is basically about how Kate and I were super late bloomers and um, about how basically we both like kiss someone in fifth grade and then like nothing, 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 nothing sex when we're like 21. And we never learned anything in the middle. So this song is called I Don't Understand Job. <laughs> and uh, we made the beat ourselves, which you'll probably be able to tell because it's amazing. It's awesome. And uh, so here it is, yo DJ. Like Elmo or throw them like a party. Should I move them all around? 
around or cup them slow. They're like the two ball critic puppets from the Muppet Show, just sitting there cranky and superfluous. How about I don't touch them unless you insist? Hand job, land job, I don't understand job. Do I spit? Do I squeeze? Do I ever touch the top? How can I learn when you always make me stop? in it. First of all, I love that the musical track sounds like something Theo and Cockroach made. Um, Damn, you jam it on the one. But I also love... I jam just, it. I, I just cut back to the Oval Office of President Taft sitting there and his aide is like, what's wrong, Mr. President? I wish I were in a handjob song. <laughs> Someday. Um, thank you so much for being here. So where can people find you on the, uh, the interwebs? Garfunkelnotes.com and all that other stuff, Facebook, etc. Are you uh, Ricky Lindholm on Twitter and you're yes. Kate McCucci on Twitter? Yep, and we're also Garfunkel Oats on Twitter. Garfunkel Oats on Twitter as yes. well. Okay, excellent. Uh, and then where can people find you, Mr. Doherty? Uh, it's davidodoherty.com or on Twitter. It's uh, Flymo, P-H-L-A-I-M-E-A-U-X, which is my breakdowns nickname from when I was 11. It's short for Flymofo. <laughs> okay, excellent. <laughs> wow. Flymo. Uh, you guys, all right. Uh, Doug Benson? <laughs> I'll tweet David's name so that everyone here will get it, because you all follow me, right? Yes, of course they do. <laughs> Doug Benson, uh, you, have your, you have your CD out? You're doing your Comedy Central show? Yeah, Comedy Central show debuts at midnight on Thursday, October 28th, after the Colbert Report. And Furman and I are writing the theme song for it as well. Like That's we did right. If you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one person cares, and the rest <laughs> of the people are like, oh... God, when is that, when is that partnership going to end? Uh, but uh, I also uh, met Jonah Ray. Wait, did you ever get back on Twitter? No. Jonah got drunk one day and was like, eh, I don't need Twitter. Steve Agee was right. What? Steve's yeah. back on? Yeah. It hasn't changed my life one bit. All I know is that I don't hear about parties as much anymore. That's all. Like, it's like, so you're not going to get back on Twitter? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if the crowd wants me back. Yeah. They're dying to know when you fuck yourselves. They're dying to know the next time you make an omelet. All right, I guess that's it. Thank you guys so much for coming out to the Nerdist Podcast live at Bumbershoot. Enjoy the rest of your festival and happy Labor Day. Good day. Thank you. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, Call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.